Okay. Okay. Now we're good. I really hate him. I hate him a lot. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Funny Books with Aaron and Polly and their amazing friends. I'm Aaron. I'm Polly. This is Wayne. This is Jonathan. And this is Tim. I don't have any morally ambiguousness to discuss this week. <laughs> you know, I, yesterday I was like, I have nothing to talk about on the podcast. Should I go punch a small child in the face or something? But Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, well, sh- damn. I'll do it for next week. Was that a sh- <laughs> damn? <laughs> sh- damn. Shadam. Damn. <laughs> Not as cool as a for crap, though. <laughs> <laughs> Way to keep it classy. Isn't that, what, isn't that what Jonathan took before we started recording? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it has been about 15 minutes, hasn't it? It has. Damn. <laughs> Go, Jonathan. <laughs> so as we're recording, San Diego Comic-Con's going on. Screw those bastards. Yeah, I hate those guys. Um but I did see that there is going to be a Sam Axe prequel movie to the uh, 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 Burn Notice series. That's got me really excited. I, I really, really like Burn Notice, and in particular, Sam Axe, the character that Bruce Campbell plays. So, yay! Oh, I was I, I had a little semi when I saw. It. I'm like, yes. Yeah, I mean, Bruce I Campbell's here. on Burn Notice. Yeah. Uh, are you what high? Is Burn Notice. Pardon? Uh. Like what's what's Burn Notice about? I've Burn, never seen it, so Burn Notice is a it's a TV show on USA and um, the. Oh, ma- never mind, never mind. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I I always thought that Burn Notice would be about firemen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but lots of big announcements. Uh, there was there there's a a Groot Rocket Raccoon miniseries coming out. Now, Paul, I saw you post that yesterday, and of course we talked with uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. You know, I recommended that to them. Um, are you saying that that's, that's actual something, or are you screwing with me? No, for reals. It the is first for reals. cover is by Mike Mignola. Hot diggity. I, and, man, that's great. And uh, Dan and Andy, you'll be hearing from me, damn it. <laughs> I, you know, we talked about that on, on, on the interview. Yeah, and I, they must have just been sitting there going, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like when we interviewed Dan Jurgens about uh, Booster Gold, and he wouldn't tell us about his project that was coming out and being announced the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's not the only one. You know, um, you know, we've got a couple of guys that we've talked to recently, and they all, everyone has big announcements at Comic Con, so everyone's going to start hearing from me. Hey, you bastard. Yeah. Why didn't you talk about this? I told well, you we weren't releasing it until after you know, Comic Con. And well, they all need to follow uh, Dan Jurgens' you know example and come back on immediately afterwards to talk about these announcements. Well, you know, and Abnett Landing did say they'd come back on after uh, Comic Con, so we'll have them back to talk about Groot and Rocket Raccoon. I, you know, I am just sitting here sporting wood. I'm I'm so excited about that. Well, not only that, they're writing an Iron Man slash Thor. So I guess their big thing is team ups, an Iron Man slash Thor miniseries. Which is kind of cool. Ooh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> well, since I dropped Invincible Iron Man, I need you know it's it, it'll be my chance to get some Iron Man goodness. You know, Brian Michael Bendis writes Iron Man too. You know. Yeah, but we'll talk about that one in a little bit. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because after this week, I may not have much Iron Man in my life. 
you know, speaking of big news from uh, Dan Jurgens, when we had him back for his second interview, it was to talk about the book that came out this week, uh, Time Master's Vanishing Point Number One, uh, The Search for Batman Begins. Yay. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. You know, basically, I've been very unhappy with Booster Gold since the new creative team has come on board. Mm-hmm. I didn't dislike the art. I dislike the writing. It's, you know, I, I'm debating if I'm even getting the next issue. This reminded me more of the Booster Gold title before the new team. Yeah. Basically, Dan Jurgens is writing. is just uh, such a higher caliber than what we're getting on the book right now that I really enjoyed seeing this version of Rip, this version of Booster again. And uh, it seems to be following the storyline of Booster Gold much better than the actual Booster Gold title is. Right. Paul? You know, and I don't have an abortion of a Booster Gold title to compare it to. (laughs) (laughs) But I I was a little disappointed in this book. Um, I love Dan Juergens. Great guy. The art I thought was fantastic. But the book wasn't – I don't know. I I didn't find the book fun like I found some of the Booster Gold stuff um, that he worked on. And uh, I, like I said, I was a little disappointed. You know, you have to have read Return of Bruce Wayne number two to understand what's going on in the book, because they, you know, specifically reference Vanishing Point exploding. But you know, some of the characters I wasn't familiar with. Uh, you know, and I don't think the problem necessarily is in the story. I think the problem is maybe more in editorial. There's no editor's notes as to when these events happened or when these characters were introduced. There's no introductory page. And you guys, as Booster Gold readers regularly, you know, who read it until Jurgens left the title, would probably know everything that's going on here. But I did. Yeah, this felt like instead of a new title, it felt like what the next issue should have been of Booster Gold. Yeah, it felt and, like it was just continuing that, not like it's a new title. Well, and and I, I do think a weakness of the book is that it just drops you right in. You know that there, it really could have benefited from one of those Marvel Comics synopsis pages at the at the beginning of the book, you know, kind of telling you what's gone on before. But while I really enjoyed the book, a, well, to steal a line from Jonathan a couple months ago, it doesn't feel like a number one. What what I really disliked about this book, and I'm right there with you, Wayne. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. But one of the things I thought was a real weakness is you've got that scene at Vanishing Point where you know Booster's talking to Rip and the archivist is behind him. And we found out in like what the second issue of the Grant Morrison book that that's Bruce Wayne. And, you know, I I think that that some of the drama is lost there because, you know, you kind of know about that, you know, um, you know about why vanishing point blew up. Um, I, it's almost like they're trying to, you know, recover that, that element of the story in this one to make it dramatic, but you've already you've already read that. You've already seen it. Well, not only We've that, already seen the utter failing of the first attempt to tell it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, and not only that, I mean the the characters introduced here without any type of explanation as to how Rip Hunter found him. And maybe we'll get that in later issues, but you know, at the same time, you know, I'm reading this book, you know, it definitely takes place after Return of Bruce Wayne number 2. Um, which is, I think, the last issue that most of us read on that one. Um, you know, so, but at the same time, you know, then we have the flashback to the before. And, but, you know, as much as they call this the search for Batman, you know, I think that was more of a launching pad, but I think this is going to be 
you know, them lost in time rather than them searching for Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know, I, I think Grant Morrison kind of has the, uh, you know, he, you know, he's not going to say, OK, it's OK that you guys find Bruce Wayne in your <laughs> series. Right. You know, even though I'm writing the return of Bruce Wayne. So I, I just I don't see necessarily, you know, I see that more as a launching pad for this series, but I don't see this as tied in as closely to the return of Bruce Wayne saga as maybe originally it was announced. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, so, that actually is not a the, problem for me. I like that idea because, like I said, for me, Booster Gold title has gone so downhill. That's what I'm hoping this is, is more of just Rip and Booster and what's going on with them versus the hunt for Batman. What, what, the characters that I think are, are not needed in this book are Superman and Green Lantern. I'd have been just as happy with a Rip Hunter, Booster Gold, you know, romp through time uh, I, Rip shouldn't have to be schooling uh, Superman and Green Lantern as he does through the book and I understand that, that that's a vehicle to let the reader know why they can't intervene into past events but Superman and Green Lantern have both traveled enough in the past to know that you can't go saving the lives of all these people in the past uh, yeah. and not only that yeah but I can see how Jordan needed the lecture maybe not Superman I can see how many lecture. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's totally a sales thing. I think that's the only reason oh, they yeah. Superman and Green Lantern in the book. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely yeah. right. I, I think that, I'm hoping you know, they're not around for the whole series. I'm hoping so too. I'm hoping they that I'm hoping that it focuses a lot more on Rip. And I did really enjoy. I think my favorite pages of this book were the first two, showing uh, the young Rip Hunter and his father Booster, you know, on a little family outing in, in you know prehistoric times. I, that, those are my favorite pages of this book. Was the first two pages? Yeah, I'm kind of curious if they'll reveal who his mother is in the course of the series. Yeah, because they talk about her, but we still have no clue. Yeah. Anyway, I, I dug it. I'm in for number two. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I will pick up number two. I, you know, it just wasn't what I expected. I think, um, but I mean, they, you know, damn them for not writing what I expected of this book. You know. <laughs> I'll pick up number two and see how it is. So you know what was as expected? Prince of Power 3 was as expected. <laughs> as expected. Yeah, you know, and that was one thing I was saying about Time Masters. I didn't feel it was as fun as I was looking for, but Prince of Power is such a fun book. And, uh, you know, we're on third issue in out of four, which I thought it was only a three-issue miniseries, but I guess it's a four-issue one. Um, and, uh, you know, again, featuring a guest appearance by Thor... So obviously, Tim, you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, no, I, I loved it. It very much similar to the um, last two in terms of uh, one-liners and um, just fun. Yeah, this book this was. Is, a, this is a great book. This book was a whole lot of fun. I cracked up in several places. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm enjoying the storyline. Uh, you know, it's a little disappointing knowing where it's going that it's leading into another big event. Yeah. But, you know, if the event is as well done as this, I might actually pick it up, even mm-hmm. though I'm not a regular reader of Hercules and all that. You know, I, but I love these characters. I love the callback to um, some of the Pantheon, Pantheon? Pantheon. Pantheon uh, stuff from the uh, Incredible Hulk Peter David days, because I, I loved that stuff. Absolutely. So I love how many callbacks we're getting to those characters in that time. Okay, so I've got two favorite moments in this book. And one of which is the big dramatic gearing up uh, panels with Delphine. You know, the, Death she, is crunchy. 
Yeah, God, the death scrunchie cracked me up. I just I <laughs> thought that scrunchie. God, that was hysterical. And then you know they're fighting the big badass cat goddess. You know Amadeus Cho changes her into a law cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, slips her a roofie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I just I just thought that was hysterical. Uh, and I like it because we're seeing Thor in an environment where we don't usually see him. Mm-hmm. You know, Thor is not a character that usually is in a a fun book. You know, we like the Thor comic, but it's not like a laugh out loud extravaganza of fun adventure and good times, you know? So I, I like seeing him in this more fun environment, you know? In fact, I know Matt Fraction's coming on the title, but damn, you know, I, I kind of wish that if Kieran Gillen had to leave the title, someone like these guys, yeah. you know, Fred Van Linty and Greg Pak would take it over. Well, I, I I really enjoyed this, and I hate that it's going to end in the next issue because uh, I've really enjoyed Prince of Power. Yeah, I, like I said, I hope that the crossover, and I think it's is it called God War or something like that. Yeah, um, you know that takes place after it. I guess that brings Hercules back to the the Marvel universe. Uh, I hope it's as good as this because if it is, you know, I'm definitely picking up the first issue, and if yeah. it's as good as Prince of Power, then uh, I'm on board. The uh, the opening pages each week of the the memo that Amadeus Cho sends out to the staff just cracks me up. You know, attention all Olympus Group employees, listen up. Ever since uh, Valley Halfling's Pantheon has taken over Olympus Group headquarters, productivity has dropped by 87%. We can't have that. Just because a group of armed soldiers is rowing the halls, locking you up in cells, doesn't mean you shouldn't keep working. I get that memo every week. <laughs> yeah, big and, thumbs up for Prince Power. And favorite just, laugh of the whole book? I saw it on the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to, to just to clarify, it's Chaos War. It's the big crossover that's after that Prince of Power is leading up to. Yeah. So, not God War. Now, I, I and I will be able to afford to pick it up. Because I'm dropping our next title after this issue. And that next title is Avengers number three. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm sure right there Paul with you. Paul will never buy Avengers number three again. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I am done with Avengers number three. Now, yeah. I, I, per, I knew that this was going to be a quality book when I looked at the cover and uh, you had the Spider-Woman-like looking woman with uh, – uh, webbing coming out of her ass. <laughs> I didn't even uh, think only, about that. <laughs> I was looking at that as we were talking about it, and I had to do a, yeah, a double take. <laughs> yeah, I, I also did a double take, and I realized it's not coming out of her ass. It's already strung yeah, she, down. She's climbing it like a pole. A, a spider pole. pole. A spider stripper pole. <laughs> yep. I hated this book. Yeah, me too. I, I, and And largely due to the artwork. The artwork is so bad. Oh, it's awful. Well, and you yeah. know, one of the things that, that bugs me about it is the way Thor is drawn with his hammer. He seems to be – it's like his hammer is self-propelled. It's not like his hammer is – you know, that it's not traveling on the force of, of his throw. It's almost like the hammer you know, has its own rocket or something, and I just – I hate the way it's drawn. 
you know, and yeah. it just doesn't it doesn't have a sense of weight. And the scene where where Thor goes crashing in to Apocalypse with his hammer just looks stupid. And it, it almost looks like instead of drawing the scene the way it should be drawn, it looks like it's all crunched in to fit in that panel. You yeah, know, the it, way it, his you know, arms are tucked looks- in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I see what you're saying. You know, it looks like the, like he's basically holding onto the hammer and letting it take it where you know take him where he wa- it wants to go. Right. Yeah, um, I just I, I just hate it. I just hate it. Every there, I, I can't oh, find sorry. a panel on here that's worth a damn. Yeah, the, yeah. the art is awful. But you know, I ha- and well, before we go to the story problems I had, then we have Tony Stark pooping out the Iron Man armor. Yeah. Did anyone oh, notice I- that? I hate the concept of this armor. I hate that it's coming from his bones. That is so stupid. And that he can recreate it after it's been destroyed. That, I hate that. And the fact that he does look constipated as he's trying to recreate it. Yeah. That just made it even worse. Because so, technology takes something physically from you to to poop out of your skin. <laughs> That's what he's doing. I mean, you know, he says, hold on. He He bends over. He goes, you know, and, and it comes out. I was like, okay, Tony's pooping out the Iron Man armor. But I have issues with the story, too. I mean, I've had issues with the story since issue one. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I can, you know, we have Hawkeye on the team literally doing. Wait, wait, well. wait, 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 Paul. What? Did you just say you had problems with the story since issue one? Because I remember a Jonathan versus the rest of the cast when issue one came out. No, I mean, did I we? I mean, very vividly. Did did we enjoy uh-huh. issue one? I, I don't remember saying issue one was fantastic. Yeah, everyone except I, I Jonathan was uh, supportive of one. I mean, I had issues with it, but we were all supportive of it. Okay. It was a whole <laughs> argument about it. Was it? Was it an appropriate first issue for the title or not? Was the big thing. Whatever. History is as I remember it. And in Paul's world. (laughs) But the team sucks. You know, you have Hawkeye on the team. He's not doing anything. They're Uh, fighting outside and he's still in the room. Yeah, just kind of yelling. Like, go. Yeah. Save him. And I usually really enjoy Bendis' writing, but the whole, you know, this isn't the fight, you know, thing was irritating. That was... Yeah, it was really bugging me. Who cares if it is the fight? What is the fight? You know, Wolverine is not some deep philosopher. He's not, you know, someone who's uh, looking at the overarching picture. He's in the middle of a fight. Whatever fight you're in is the fight for the moment. Yeah. And what are you going to do? Just stop fighting and let them kill you so you can get to the fight? Yeah, you've got Apocalypse out there. You know, oh, no, don't worry. We won't bother fighting you. We're going to go to the fight. This isn't the fight. This is a fight. And we don't want a fight. We want the fight. Yeah, there were a couple scenes that I enjoyed, though. I enjoyed the beginning, having someone across the street watching them through binoculars and Thor crashing through their apartment. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of a cool scene. I liked Spider-Man rescuing Tony when he was falling without his armor. And I like the conversation between Spider-Man and Spider-Woman when they're, you know, sitting outside and then uh, Novar, you know, walks up to them and they realize that he can walk on walls too. All of that that has nothing to do with the actual story being told, yeah. those character moments were good. Yeah, uh, but I have something to say on that. And you're right. Out of, the, out of this 32-page book, three pages I actually really enjoyed. Um, 
But in that Spider-Man, Spider-Woman conversation, even though it was my favorite moment in the book, Spider-Man says, there's entirely too many Spider-People on this team. I should have gone with Cage. He and he did, did go with Cage. <laughs> so I, I, I don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. needless to say, we're out. Are we out on this? Yeah, I'm out. I, I, I'm out. I might pick up the next issue. And I say that only because the next issue's got Devil Dinosaur in it. I like Devil Dinosaur. Who? Devil Dinosaur. <laughs> that's what that red dinosaur was. The one yeah. standing next to uh, He-Man or yeah. whoever that is. Oh. And I think that's uh, Kill Raven, I think. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But uh, I know the, the last page was the best page of the book because it's got, you know, Devil Dinosaur. So... <laughs> I, otherwise, What's Devil I, Dinosaur from? Why is why is it important? He's prehistoric. He had his own is, title uh, is a time uh, a time story. You know, so they're bringing in elements from different parts of uh, Marvel history. Oh, so this is something really old. Yes. Yeah. Is it a Kirby oh. character, Devil yes, Dinosaur? I believe so. I believe so. First appearance was Devil Dinosaur number one, April nineteen seventy eight, created by Jack Kirby. Oh, we're knowledgeable wonderful. here. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I really do think that this book was a failure on many many levels. But what just, shocks me? Oh, I'm sorry, please. I'm just not impressed by it. I'm just not impressed by the Avengers. Neither am I. But what shocks me is how much I enjoy the new Avengers. Yeah. You know, no, issue number two came out this week. Book of the week. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because yeah. I'm done with the title after it. Really? Really? Wow, I really yeah. liked this book. I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Aaron. I like this book, too. Well, I'm curious as to why Wayne didn't like it. I just haven't liked the story. Remember, I didn't care for the first issue of it too much, but I wanted to give the second issue a chance. I don't know. I want, I like that having Doctor Strange in the book. I wanted to see him doing more, but I just didn't like this possessed heroes fighting possessed heroes. We have demons invading our world, all of that. The it's not a storyline I was enjoying. I didn't like the banter between the characters. It didn't seem natural. Um, I have to admit, with, I have the same problem Jonathan had before. Of Two of the characters in this book are on other teams. I mean, you've got Wolverine and Spider-Man both here while they're on multiple other teams apiece. And well, not just team- two. I mean, let's, yeah, I, I, going back to my issue with Hawkeye... He's doing nothing on this team, too. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, Thing's a member of another team as well. And yeah, he and the, to be honest, doing nothing, girlfriend, too. Yeah. The core team is not a team of characters I care about, and that may be why I'm not enjoying the book as much as you guys are. I've never liked Luke Cage as a character. Oh, I've him. never liked Iron Fist as a character. Love him. Oh, I love Iron Fist. Yeah. Love Iron Fist. You know, and I, and I love Doctor Strange. I love Doctor Voodoo. I like you know that maybe that's the difference. You know, this book is scratching that that itch, that supernatural part of the marvel universe mixing it with the superheroes that i like you know itch i i i really really i actually really love this issue that to be honest pa- with that you. page where uh, brother voodoo appears bad ass and the art i was i really disliked that he showed up too because i was hoping this would be a doctor strange running away with it and showing everyone why he's the one that really should be the sorcerer supreme but he shouldn't be the sorcerer supreme it's bro- dr voodoo or brother voodoo 
He's the Sorcerer Supreme. He's the one that earned the title. Not that hack, Doctor Strange. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I'm surprised that you didn't like it, Wayne. But I I get why you didn't. I mean, if you don't like these characters, it's not going to be your thing. Yeah. But, you know, the difference is I do like these characters, you know, and it has some of my favorite Marvel characters in it. And I think that's why I enjoyed this book. And not only that, the art was awesome. I do like... I do like that they say what spells they're using. Yeah. I found it really interesting to see the three of them getting ready for battle, and you've got you know, a terror attack spell, another attack spell, and Doctor Strange is using the, uh, the Crimson Bands of Cetrek. You know, he's the only one that's not trying to actually attack. He's just trying to contain. I found that kind of interesting. I mean, it tells a lot about the three characters, what spells they're choosing to use. Yeah, and my favorite part of the book is big, big battle happening, right? And Jessica Jones says, Spider-Man, go take my baby to the bedroom. It's like, hey, you're useless. Go take the baby to, the, to her room and keep an eye on her. Yeah. And he doesn't even do that. He drops yeah. her off and brings the baby monitor with Yeah, that him. cracks me up. And it's like, hey, aren't you supposed to be watching the baby? <laughs> A room in the middle of a house that's being torn apart by a fight. Yeah, that's the safest place for a baby. Yeah. Well, and I, I did really enjoy though the conversation between Spider-Man and Wolverine. Oh yeah, about only, the claws. Yeah, I only yeah. popped a little bit of claw. <laughs> you only stabbed them a little. <laughs> it was a great conversation. It was kind of surprising. Every conversation between him and, and Wolverine was pretty funny. He said, he stabbed you just to stab you. (laughs) (laughs) You And I think that may be it. And maybe that I don't like the other characters because I do like these two characters, even though they're in other books and Wolverine's overplayed. And I really enjoyed the panels where they're they're talking. So that might just be it. I just may not like the characters. And that's why I'm not enjoying the book. But I like the insight into some of the characters. You know, speaking on the same scene, which obviously I guess it was our favorite scene in the book is this Wolverine Spider-Man stuff. Wolverine says, go get a towel. And Spider-Man does exactly what I would do. Grabs every roll of paper towels in the house and brings <laughs> it back instead of just one freaking towel. <laughs> I just like the little moments like that. You know, yeah. that seems like something Spider-Man would do because he's just, you know, clueless sometimes. Yeah, I, I really dug this book. I, I, I liked the, the character interactions. I enjoyed the art. I mean, the art really is amazing in this book. Stuart Amonin just really did a fine job on this, and I and I think a lot of that is owed to uh, his inker, Von Grawbadger, uh, <laughs> and the coloring by uh, Martin and Mia with Rain Burrito. But uh, I, I really I really dug it. I, I just love these uh, these pages, and you know, in terms of dialogue, uh, you know, where Wolverine's you know telling telling the thing, you know, take the eye of Addo uh, what to and run for it, get it out of here, and the thing's like, well, why? And he's like, because of my experience, if these demonic, whatever they are, want it, we don't want them to have it. No, I mean, why me? (laughs) I just cracks me up. Why me? (laughs) You know, my favorite line of the whole book, he didn't know that he stabbed. He didn't know that he stabbed you just to stab you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I will say that. I'm tired of these uh, spoken history of the Avengers things in the back. Really? I mean, I haven't been reading them, the oral history. So, but I read the first one, and I was like, eh. But I, I guess like someone's enjoying them. And I'm going to say right now that every time this new Avengers comes out, Aaron's going to say Van 
Gras Badger. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a trend. Von Hamburger, because it's fun to say. Von <laughs> well, you know, there's another team book that we wanted to discuss today. Um, well, I didn't want to discuss it, but Aaron and Wayne want to discuss it. Well, and I'm, I'm superheroes. I'm curious because uh, you know Wayne is is off of the Avengers or new Avengers, I should say. Um, and a book that, that we have been enjoying, and surprisingly so, is Legion of Superheroes. Curious as to how you felt about number three, Wayne. You know, I was disappointed that they so quickly dealt with the Green Lantern ring. Mm-hmm. I was hoping this would last a whole arc. It would be He would be keeping it a secret. They'd be doing all these really cool things with it. But no, they wait for the third issue and then just kind of throw it out, deal with it, it's mm-hmm. done, and... You know, I'm sure they're going to do more with the ring, but he doesn't have it anymore. I mean, I was disappointed by that, but still reading the book, I'm really enjoying this book. I mean, yeah. I wanted a different story with that, but I'm doesn't change. I'm is one of my favorite books of the week. Yeah, I, I was disappointed that they resolved the Green Lantern ring so quickly. Um, it seemed like there there was a lot more room for stories with that, and you know, maybe we should have a little faith and where they're going to go with it. But I was, I'm, I just have to say, I'm so not interested in the, you know, swamp creature that, you know, popped out. That's getting the ring. I mean, I, I just, uh, we don't know who that well, guy the swamp is. Creature that, the swamp creature that popped out was the green lantern entity that came and gave him the ring. It was just retrieving the ring. Oh, I didn't get that. Um, I have yeah, a question. Uh, is this the same swamp creature that appeared in the Adventure Comics run? Does anybody remember the swamp creature from that? Um, I do. I guess no. would be the one. No. Oh, okay. But Just curious. Uh, it, and when I say so, swamp creature, I mean the creature. Was it man thing? Swamp thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the ring was dropped dropped back in the swamp, and then this you know blue entity comes out with the ring, but not with the ring on it on its finger or anything. And I had assumed that was because it didn't have fingers. But uh, now I think this could be really amusing if next issue he wakes up and the ring's back on his finger. Now that would that it's fun. not resolved. That he doesn't get a chance to. It. That he doesn't get a chance to get rid of it. That he has to hold on to it. That would be. Yep. Cool. I'd like that. But yeah, I I, yep. I, I, I can't I'm really. I'm surprised by how much I'm enjoying this book. Same here. I and got it, the first issue thinking it might be. Okay, and I've really loved it. It remains the last book that I read when I buy it, you know, because I'm like, ah, eh, we'll see. It's going to disappoint me. And every week, it, every every issue, you know, three issues in, it has not disappointed me. Other than, you know, I've just wanted to see more with uh, with uh, Earthman and and the uh, Green Lantern ring. But I, I I love the art. I'm actually able to follow these characters, which is the first time I've ever been able to follow uh, Legion characters. Um, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I'm curious to see where it's going. I might actually finish a full Legion of Superheroes story arc. Wow. Yeah, I uh, I didn't wait till the last issue this week because I had a lot of books I was tentative about that I wasn't sure what I was going to think. And the uh, the big one it would be Amazing Spider-Man 638. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel going into it. I'm kind of curious what you guys thought of it. And that's the uh, <laughs> what Paul thought of it because he's the only one that read it. <laughs> and that's Amazing Spider-Man six thirty eight one moment in time. Yes. Yep. This is the um, the I guess I've heard rumor that 
you know, the, the, this is the end of the brand new day stuff. Um, you know, they, they've kind of revealed that Mary Jane's back in Peter Parker's life after this storyline. I, I want to first say that the cover of this book, I loved it. The, uh, the cover I got, um, it's like a painted cover, I guess by Paulo Rivera. I loved the cover. Um, now as for the interiors, um, I liked the story. I I had some issue with it, uh, and um, Wayne, you read this with me, so maybe you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, the recycled pages from the Amazing Spider-Man annual yeah. from which they got married. I uh, I kind of liked it. I mean, I can understand where you'd have problems with it because it's they they did just it has reprints mixed in with it, but that was kind of because they're trying to show how it's fitting in with those issues. And At I least agree. that's what I got out of it. Yeah, and I, you know, I liked the idea. I just wish they had done a little bit more with the reprint, or you know, and when I say more with the reprint, I mean either colored it like the other pages that took place during the same time, or you know, redrew them, you know, so that the art style matched a little more. It, it just yeah, I would have liked disjoint. them to have been redrawn. I mean, and I have to say though, art wise. Art has been one of my biggest issues with Spider-Man. I haven't liked the art style they've had for a while. And I've got to give it to Quesada. I give him a lot of shit, but his art is beautiful. I really enjoyed all the pages that he drew in here. I did, too. Quesada. Joe Quesada. Yeah. No, Wayne. (laughs) You don't give Joe Quesada anything except more heat, more crap. I want that guy it's gone. Hard to do. I want him out on the street. No. I want him adding to the national unemployment. You know, as much as I agree with you, I have to say I enjoyed this, and I was surprised to enjoy it. Despite my issues with this Joe was, Quesada, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, as editor, this was the last book that I read this week. The last, what? Oh, yeah. I, despite my issues with him as an editor in chief, you're right. His art. I like the way he draws the characters. Yeah, Mary Jane has a nice pouty face. You get actual emotions on the face. It's smooth lines. It's not some of the disjointed art we've seen. And he has he's a good artist. I've missed actually his art and I forgot about his art until, you know, flipping through here when I was picking up at the stands. And, you know, there's there's two main artists, right? There's Joe Quesada on the modern pieces and Paulo Rivera on the pieces that take place in the past. Um, but the problem is, like I said, you know, they, they mix in these pages uh, drawn by Paul Ryan from Amazing Spider-Man 21. So re- really we have three artists, which, you know, mm-hmm. I, I would have preferred just two, one for the past, one for the present, because, you know, they, they don't match up. You know, they, they have the beginning of a scene from the past that leads into new art that also takes place in the past, but it doesn't flow. You know, it, it's obviously yeah. a reprint and modern art on the next page, even though it's supposed to be the same scene. You know, I would, I would have really liked if he would have just copied those original panels in his own art style. Exactly. You know, I mean, cause his art style matches is actually not too bad. You know, it's actually not too far from the original stuff, but it's different enough, and the coloring's different enough that it's obvious. Okay, time for the big spoiler. 
what did you think of what she whispered in Mephisto's ear? Because I thought that it was a huge cop out. I thought it was a huge cop out. And, you know, for those, um, you know, who we're referring to at the end of brand new day, Mary Jane whispers something in Mephisto's ear. Um, and, you know, at the time everyone's like, Oh, it's the big, you know, they're setting up just in case this brand new day thing doesn't work out. They're setting up, um, for a way out, which I'm sure that's what it was. Um, at the time. Now, it's revealed in this book that basically she says, I'm going to convince him to go, I'm going to convince Spider-Man, you know, Peter, to, to go for the seal because he wouldn't. Basically, taking away, why did Spider-Man make a deal with the devil? Well, because his wife told him to, I guess. <laughs> um, and then she says, you will leave him alone for the rest of his days. You know, basically the deal is, if I convince him to make this deal, you leave Spider-Man alone. That's what she whispered in his ear. I thought that was a huge cop-out. Yeah, it's not sweetening the deal any. And looking back at that issue, you know, it it wasn't like she really convinced him after that either. It was, you know, it would have been better if she would have thrown some claws in. I really liked the idea of her being forced to remember the previous life. I honestly was hoping that's what it was. About it. I really was hoping that's what it was, and it wasn't, you know, I that that would have been a good story beat, I think, and kind of a wasted opportunity. You know, Wayne, I'm kind of surprised that uh, you didn't like that, considering that last week your wife talked you into a bad decision about going to see Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> 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 that sounds hey, we all see movies. We all see movies for our wives that we don't care about. I mean, Paul went and saw the Twilight movie, so <laughs> I think he's worse off than I was. Yeah, you know a little bit. Speak for yourselves. I ain't whipped like that. I ain't ever gonna be whipped by like that. <laughs> but I do. I want to say, Amazing Spider-Man six thirty-eight. I really, I actually liked it. You know, despite yeah, some of my issues, I, I took with the cop-outs. I, I thought it was well done. Yeah, I loved all the conversations between Peter and Mary Jane. I liked the uh, the callbacks to. The original issue, I do wish they would have been redone, so they weren't, you know, wasn't such a jarring artist style difference in the same time period. But yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I was surprised, you know, it was one of the last books I read because I was I was on the edge. I mean, I'm gonna try it because I was curious. Like I just did. I was just curious what they were gonna do with it, and the artwork was so much better than the previous storylines in the book. So yeah, I'm I'm on board for the whole storyline. We'll see after that. We'll see who, who they bring on artist-wise, what storylines they're doing. I might start picking up Spider-Man now that I'm dropping the Avengers titles. Yeah. Well, again, after this storyline is the um, survival of the species, I think, storyline written by Mark Wade. So I'm, I'm definitely on for that one. So it looks like I'm back on Amazing Spider-Man right at the end of Brand New Day, <laughs> as I said from the very beginning. But... um. You know, I, I did drop. You know, I, I was on board the X Men titles during Second Coming, but I did drop when Second Coming ended. Most of the X Men titles, uh, but of course, Jonathan still collects them, and he has an update on some X Men titles for us this week. Uh, yeah, New Mutants number fifteen came out. Uh, first, I'd like to say that I don't collect anything. I don't collect comics, Paul. Read comics. I buy comics. Yeah, I buy <laughs> comics, read them, and then use them to line my cat box. But uh, 
Yeah, New Mutants number 15 was my book of the week by far. And all you guys are missing out. Just because it's not a big event. This was a great follow-up to where the New Mutants were left off in Second Coming. Um, basically, you've got, uh, uh, you know, Cannonball takes his team out to a cabin, uh, you know, for a sort of debrief where they're going to, you know, talk about what happened during, you know, the second coming stuff, like Warlock being forced to kill people, Shan got her leg cut off, you know, what happened in Limbo, they want to, they want to air all of their feelings on this. Um, so they can move forward as a team. And uh, the rest of the team not really down with it until he's like, oh, and we're going to drink beer too. And then they're like, all right, we're doing this. So uh, it, it, was, uh, it was really good stuff, really great character moments, those, those things that I, I like to uh, talk about quite a bit. Um, uh, this was uh, no fighting issue which I, I love for them to, to throw around every now and then. Well, I can't say that, the, the very end. But uh, for the most part, a no-fight issue. Like, the New Mutants don't fight anybody. Now, I want to point out, because um, the one of the main draws to the New Mutants during the Second Coming crossover was the art, and there's a new artist on this book, which I did notice. And... I I'm not to say it was bad. It was it was pretty good, but it, it wasn't as as polished I thought as the as the as the crossover was. So and that's kind of the reason I didn't pick it up right away. But from what you're saying, it sounds like I missed out. Uh, I I think you really did. Um, they're they're setting up a a, a story arc here where uh, you've got this military group that uh has been trapped in limbo and when the when the uh x-men leave limbo at the end of hellbound uh they are able to come back um so uh they've been in limbo for 20 years um although it's it's different in real time uh just because of uh like what the like you know time works differently in limbo and you know stuff like that so uh they come back and they are psychotic um you know some of them are have been corrupted into into like these uh sort of mutant looking things um and you know they set out to uh capture Ilyana and you know they they report back into their superiors their superiors tell them do not do this um the mutants have diplomatic immunity you know if you if you do this you know you're you're code black with us you know so they go and do it anyway of course and uh the very the very end you think that they're setting up to assault the cabin where the new mutants are and instead they attack and capture pixie 
who I think is going to become a staple on the New Mutants. I think she's going to be part of the team as much involvement as she's had with them. And I think it's a good choice, Tim. But uh, I think I think the biggest moment in this book is actually uh, a <laughs> drunken kiss uh, between uh, Sam and Danny in this book. I thought it was awesome. So, Yeah, so we're not convinced, but... <laughs> but how about that other X-Men book you read this week, the Phoenix Force Handbook? I know um, we were kind of com- concerned, well, confused. What is, what is it? Well, I picked uh, it up by mistake, thinking it was the Phoenix Force hand job, and uh, was <laughs> grossly disappointed. Uh, this was, oh, God, this was a waste. It's $5. And, I mean, it's thick. But it's one of those things like the X-Men used to do back in the 90s uh, where they would release a book that basically just had a bunch of characters in them. Like you turn the page, each page is a character where you know they've got like all of their information, like when they first appeared. It's basically like Wikipedia in a book, and I'm like, hmm, unlike back in the early 90s, I have Wikipedia. I don't need this book. Wow. So, yeah, this was a waste. Yeah, and some of these characters in here, I'm like, what do they have to do with anything? Like, they pretty much detail all these characters from, you know, uh, Lyra to, you know, Marvel Girl. And by Marvel Girl, I mean Rachel Summers. Um, you know, Fenris. Uh, you know, like, ah, they just bounce all over with the characters and uh you know reading reading through some of their biographies i'm like well what does this have to do with the phoenix force handbook so this is just awful an awful purchase but but you know what wasn't an awful purchase thunderbolts 146 i dig this book i really dig this book and it was three dollars cheaper than the book uh you know (laughs) (laughs) but yeah thunderbolts rocks yeah i i thought it was uh very fun and this new roster intrigues the hell out of me yeah yeah you know and that was my qualm with it when they first announced the team i'm like you know that team doesn't make any sense but this team is awesome i'm enjoying the team Jonathan, you just quoted the cover. <laughs> I was wondering if they would pick up on that. Since I don't have the cover in front of me, I would have personally thanked Tim for calling Jonathan out on that. <laughs> no problem. I'm throwing him under the bus. Uh, yeah, what do you think of it, Tim? Wait, I think I, I thought um, that I like this book. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, the, 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 it, the team dynamic in this book is very, very interesting. Um, I thought that I was honestly surprised by some of the things Crossbones did, because he's been the, he's been very much the, the, the uh, darkest, uh, you know, team member in this book. And, and you identify you know, a lot with him, don't you, Tim? 
no, and it was interesting that he uh, that he that he stepped up, and it was kind of cool. I liked I liked a lot of the the story beats from Ghost too, where he uh, he melded into Abe's armor. I, I have never seen Ghost do anything like that, so I'm not sure exactly what happened. But I think he basically took over Abe. Yeah, and I, I love that, that whole the the whole bit where he's like, "I really didn't want anybody to know I could do this." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, book of the week. Uh, this this you know this is a fun read. It's the first book I read every every week that it comes out. Yeah, it was really very good. I I I am just thrilled with how much fun Thunderbolts is. And you know, I, I love the the last page. Uh, and spoiler warning on, you know, the, the last page. The only three left standing are Ghost, who's possessed the armor of um, Abe, this character that we were talking about earlier, Crossbones, and Man Thing. And, and it's just a badass picture. Yeah, it I really think. is. The art was fantastic on that on that page. I mean, throughout the whole issue, but the art that page was like, yes, I am ready for the next issue. You know, I had a little Jonathan moment there where I was, ooh, yeah, let's do it. Unless <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. chain gun it action. It doesn't hurt to get excited once in a while. <laughs> it it was. Only for four hours or more. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I'm, I'm really enjoying this. But, you know, one of the things that there's an ad in the book that I thought just looked terrible and it is the Marvel Universe versus the Punisher. The artwork on that page is awful. Y'all see that word? You know, uh, a terrible plague has swept the earth, turning everyone human, hero, villain, god, and monster into sadistic cannibal predators. As Spider-Man, the Hulk, the Thing, and other infected start a feeding frenzy, the world falls into a wave of insatiable violence. Now, five years later, one man hunts the wasteland that was New York City. And the artwork you know, just uh, looks terrible. And I'm hoping it's just the cover artwork, because I'm actually kind of interested in that series. Uh-huh. I, I oh, like Jonathan oh. Mayberry. I like Jonathan oh. Mayberry. I'm very interested in the series. I thought oh, I didn't wait. see the uh, the ad. I mean I mean this guy writes Doom War and we love Doom War. Oh absolutely. So, I mean, I'm I, I, intrigued. Yeah, I, I like Jonathan Mayberry. I but you know he's the writer, not the artist. And the art on this on this uh, advertisement is awful. I mean, yeah, say it, Paul. Who's the colorist? No, no, I, I'm not saying it's not bad. I, I'm saying despite, I, I hope it's just the cover art. Yeah. How about that? Okay. Because boy, this sucks. This sucks hard. <laughs> and not the good kind of sucking uh, hard. As- <laughs> As for Thunderbolts, I actually had two problems with this book. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, uh, the first is that Valkyrie shows up. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, wait a minute, she's on Mars. <laughs> uh, and you know, and she's just like, she's like, Steve Rogers is busy. And I'm like, yeah, he's busy. He's on Mars too. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you with him? <laughs> but uh, so that that was a minor issue, and a, a complaint that I've got uh, is that you know they need to they need to take Juggernaut off this team um, for no other reason 
then I hate the way this artist draws Juggernaut. I think the rest of the art is A-OK, but just Juggernaut is god-awful. Why do you say that? What don't you like Well, about I mean, if the way Juggernaut's drawn? Yeah. Well, he looks goofy compared – like, his his costume's not, not very cool. Like, it, the way his face is drawn, I hate. Like, if you if you stack it up with – with uh, the last time I saw Juggernaut, which was an amazing Spider-Man, and uh, you know the stuff he's done with the X-Men, this is awful. An awful depiction of Juggernaut. I, I, I kind of think I, it's I cool. didn't mind it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like yeah. it. I dug it. Yeah. What I, one of the things I like about the way. Uh, the artist draws these characters is he's not so much drawing the iconic characters that you're used to. He's really very much drawing their personalities. For instance, Moonstone looks like the crazy bitch she is. You know, whereas in the Siege books, you always saw her as the very hot, you know, uh, uh, you know, physically attractive character. Whereas here, I mean, she just looks like she's nuts. She looks like she's about to boil your pet rabbit. You know, she got that, that just crazy well, look. But I can't say the <laughs> I can't I can't say the same for Juggernaut because Juggernaut's cool and he doesn't look very cool. See, I think he does. I, I think he looks. Uh, I think he's got that kind of you know world weary kind of look about him. You know, he's got. He's you know what got, else was cool? Ghost geeking out about. I'm sorry, Aaron. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I I also liked uh, a lot of the things that Ghost, a lot of the dialogue with Ghost. It was mm-hmm. funny it, I, when he was geeking out about the hard drive. That was pretty. That was pretty funny. <laughs> but no, as far as Juggernaut goes, I I kind of I kind of like the the portrayal. I do. He's he's powered down, but he's just as obnoxious and annoying as ever. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fun to see him get his cup up and. St- like twice in three books so far. Yeah. So see if if Wayne was reading this book, he would side with me because whenever we have a disagreement on this podcast, Wayne is always the first one that I can talk over to my side. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't He's not think reading that's this okay. book. <laughs> You're all alone, John. All alone. <laughs> I think he just called you. I would probably Bill. be annoyed with Juggernaut though. I think he I just think called you. I, I don't see that at all. I usually disagree with him quite a bit, but in this case, I probably would agree with him because I don't like the weaker juggernaut. It was it's something that bothers me that they feel the need to keep weakening the character and keep trying to show how big and bad other people are by having them beat juggernaut. Whatever, whatever. You have you didn't even read the book and you're siding with Jonathan. That's because yeah, Wayne is weak. Told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's just move over to Welcome to Tranquility, since you read that one alone, Wayne. <laughs> yeah, what is, what yeah, is I didn't even know this book was going to be out. What is okay, the original series was the original series was a a series written by Gail Simone, and uh, basic concept is that the superheroes gathered together in a town where they've basically gone and retired. So most of the superheroes in the town are elderly or retired or something like that. And ooh, is everyone still there? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. Okay. I think I think this guy play. So anyway, uh, everyone in the town is retired or older, and there's these new generations of heroes coming on. And the first storyline was something on the lines of there's a mysterious death, and now they're trying to figure out what happened. It was uh, Gail Simone basically doing what she does best and creating interesting characters and having inter- interesting interactions between them. That series has been long over. This is a new six-issue miniseries that brings back the original creative team, and she's essentially taking up right after the end of her first storyline. And I really enjoyed this book. But if you've never read the trade of the first storyline, it wouldn't make any sense to you at all. This is, for a number one issue, this is not new reader-friendly at all. Everything picks up right after that last storyline, so you need to know who the characters are already because they're not spending the time to introduce them. So really love the book. Highly recommend the trade of the first storyline. But if you haven't read that, this book would mean nothing to you. Well, I have a question but I enjoy for you. you. What okay. type of, um, you know, you're recommending Welcome to Tranquility number one. Um, you know, what type of person would you recommend that for? You know, what type of other books would you kind of compare it to that you, you would feel it would be, you know, if you like this type of book, you would like Welcome to Tranquility? All the books I compare it to are also books that are they're kind of out there, like uh, Common Grounds and things like that that aren't really, aren't really so much mainstream because it's not a normal superhero story. It's something off the wall. There are superhero characters, but this isn't heroes fighting villains. This is heroes in a retirement community and, you know, and dealing with their mysteries and their conspiracies and things like that. Common Grounds really is the closest thing I can compare it to, <laughs> where the people are characters that just happen to have superpowers. could be interesting you know what else could be interesting dark wolverine versus frankencastle but i wouldn't know because jonathan's the only one who read dark wolverine number 88 this week yeah and i thought that paul was going to be on board with me i thought we were going to do this together (laughs) a suicide pact as it were (laughs) yeah but uh Instead, it was more like The Walking Dead, where, you know, you just kind of let me shoot myself. And <laughs> exactly. It's like, you go first. Yeah. How was so, it? it was good, actually. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Avengers number three sucked that bad. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I, 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 would, uh, I would stack... I would stack this and... This right along with Thunderbolts is like, you know, what was second place this week for me. Um, I like it because it's still continuing to get into, uh, you know, Dakin's head. You know, you're finding more out about his uh, his motivations and his philosophies. And, you know, this is a really deep character. And I've I really liked... Dark Wolverine throughout, and even having lame ass uh, Frankencastle in the book did not make it bad. Well, did and, you read the the last storyline? Because I know we both hated the first issue of the last storyline, the crossover with Wolverine Origins. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, because I, uh, I mean, I read, I read the, I read, I read the 
Dark Wolverine uh, ones. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing I'm going to do with this storyline. I'm not picking up Frankencastle. I'm not. I'm not giving my money to <laughs> <laughs> to uh, Rick Remender. Friend of the I podcast. I can't do it. Remender. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it um, because I know it's not going to be as good. I mean, you know, the the writer on this uh, is Way. Yeah, Daniel Way. Yes, Daniel Ray and Marjorie Liu. So they're doing a really good job with Dark Wolverine and uh, even amidst Frankencastle. And the artwork was awesome. And when I think back to issue one of, of Frankencastle, like this artwork is just awesome. And it, it even makes Frankencastle look not as lame. So would you compare the issue? I mean, you know, the, the, the first Doc and Punisher battle was kind of one of our favorite moments of 2009. Right. I mean, do, do you think this is a, a comparable read to, to that to that issue? Uh, No. I mean, it's got – like because the interest is different. Like mm-hmm. like I said, I don't really care about this Frankie Castle stuff. I just want – I just want more of Dawkins' internal dialogue. <laughs> So the more I get that, the more I'm happy. But at the same time, I'm really hoping that uh, that Dokken stops having his own book after this storyline. Because we need good villains, and he's a really good one. Like, I, I would like to see him start appearing in other people's books as the bad guy. Well, I guess then you don't know that Dokken is having an ongoing series starting in a couple of months. Great. <laughs> Just putting that out there. That's why I don't read solicits, Paul, so I can hold on to hope. Way to crush my dreams. <laughs> That's how I roll. That is what I do. Maybe he's going to be a villain in that book, though. Yeah. You know, maybe he's going to be a bad guy. Well, he's a bad guy in this book. But what like, I'm saying is maybe last... maybe he's going. That's going to be where he's you know orchestrating all of his uh, evil masterly you know bad stuff, and it'll roll out from there. Like, all right, like, this book is basic. to sum up this book, he's at a restaurant with some hot chicks. They're all over him. He's not really digging it. He's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, Pink Floyd in the wall. So he he's not really digging it. So they're like, are you leaving? He's like, no, you are. Be gone when I get back. And he goes to the bathroom. He kills somebody uh, just to let somebody else know that he means business. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like drops some money on the floor. He's like, "Oh, and clean this up." Talking about the body, and then Frankencastle shows up, and then you know the book gets worse from there, uh, because you know you gotta deal with the fact that Frankencastle's there. But at the same time, it looks pretty. Glowing <laughs> <laughs> recommendation there, Jonathan. Cool. Yeah, I hate Frankencastle. Hate him. I hate the Punisher. I, he needs to go away. He needs to take Ghost Rider with him. Bye bye. I like Ghost Rider. Ugh. I, I do like me some Ghost Rider. But you know what else I like? Drinking beer in my comic shop, and I did that this week. Um, Monday night, I went to a midnight release party of Scott Pilgrim's Finest Hour. I talked about it last week on the podcast. And at first, I thought there were just going to be alcoholic cupcakes. But they had beer there, too. So 
I was drinking beer in a comic shop. And uh, I picked up Scott Pilgrim's Finest Hour. It's the sixth book in the series and the, it, the first book on the indie spotlight this week. And isn't it the final book in the series? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's awesome. I mean, you know, I, I, if, you're, if you haven't read Scott Pilgrim, just to give you a, a brief introduction, it's kind of like a romantic comedy with lots and lots of video game style fighting um, and anime style fighting. I mean, it's just it, – it's so out there. Uh, but it's it's really a fantastic series. I think honestly, um, the series itself, especially after reading the final volume, it's probably going to go down as one of those series that you know, kind of like Bone. People are still going to be talking about the Scott Pilgrim series, you know, um, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty years from now. I, I honestly feel that the series has been that good, um, and I, I loved the final book. I, I really did, and it had nothing to do with the beer I drank before I read it. Because I read it again, <laughs> I read it again sober the next day and enjoyed it just as much. Uh, so, really, a fantastic book. If you haven't picked up the series, all six books are out now. They're about eleven, twelve bucks a piece. Um, you know, and you can get an entire storyline. You know, it's not like there's going to be a book seven. All six books are out, and you can get the full storyline. So, highly, highly recommend that book. That's my book of the week. And what about Neonomicon, Paul? Yeah, I um. You know, I uh, I don't normally pick up Avatar stuff. Uh, I picked up Crossed, and I really, you know, it's hard to say you like Crossed. That, that's a Garth Ennis, kind of a zombie-type series, but it's... Yeah, I'm with you, Paul. I'm reading it right now in trade. And it is hard to say you like it, but it's still really good. Yeah, I mean, I can't even say I enjoyed it. It's just a well-written book. But it's it's... It's depressing. It's depraved. You don't want to. It's one of those books that you put on the counter, and the comic shop guy looks at you like, "Fuck's wrong with you, man." <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. But so I picked up Neonomicon, and you know, again, you know, it has two things against it. I don't normally pick up Avatar books, and I really don't normally pick up Alan Moore stuff. I'm not a big Alan Moore fan, um, and whenever I do pick up something of his, uh, like 1602 or The Eternals, I end up not liking it. Um, but despite those things, I really dug this. Um, uh, Neonomicon, I, it's, I guess it takes place in the future, uh, but it is a, an, a Lovecraftian like police story. Um, it follows these, these cops, uh, the, well, I say cops, it follows, uh, an FBI task force that's investigating a string of, uh, serial murders that involve people, um, basically cutting off. Uh, the hands of their victims and carving um, like designs into their skin. Uh, and so they're investigating it. Uh, and it's not just one person doing it. It's like a string of murders. You know, uh, they have people in prison who did it. And there are now people outside of prison who are doing it too. And uh, you know, it, it's, they, there's definite Lovecraftian overtones. Um, you know, a lot of references to, you know, Cthulhu and things like that. And, uh, you know, it's dark, it's creepy, and, uh, you know, the art is by Jason Burroughs, who did Crossed. I really dug this book. I think it's a really good read. I think it's really interesting. The characters are very interesting. They're not two-dimensional. There's a lot of talking. So you get familiar with all of the characters in the book. And, uh, you know, I, I recommend it. Um, you know, it's Avatar, so I hope it's on time. I've never read an Avatar book that was released timely, but uh, it's a four issue miniseries, so hopefully it'll be released, you know, monthly. But 
Really enjoyed it. Really dug it. Photogen. Photogen. Now, you know, I was looking on the shelves uh, when I picked that book up and just kind of look and see, you know, you kind of, even though you have your pull list, you kind of see what else is on the shelves um, just in case there's something you missed or something you might want to pick up. And I found Time Lincoln number one. I have been very interested in Time Lincoln. It has been uh, out of stock at my shop. Uh, from Antarctic Press, which is based out of San Antonio, Texas, in case you didn't know. Um, and this is uh, issue number one, Fists of Fuhrer. Um, and it features Abraham Lincoln uh, Albert and Albert Einstein um, fighting Hitler. Or, excuse me, he's changed his name to Mafitler. <laughs> because he's discovered time travel and uh, superpowers on top of Mount Rushmore. You know, there's a lot of great ideas here. The <laughs> art's really good. Um, you know, it's 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 a fun book. You know, I know it sounds really silly, but if you know, it's a fun idea. You know, I, I like that type of stuff. And uh, isn't the conceit of the book is that Lincoln is pulled out of time just the moment before he's assassinated? Well, yeah, basically, you know, Lincoln, it's kind of this circular thing. You know, Lincoln is pulled out of time an hour before he's assassinated and replaced with the future version of himself, who is the one who gets assassinated. So it's kind of like this cycle thing. You know, time travel is a little weird. Right. But this is, you know, in his final hour, he lived a lifetime is the the tagline uh, for the book. You know, but it's a lot of fun. I actually enjoyed it. It's not great. Yeah, um, you know, and for three ninety nine, eh, you know, I I don't know if it's a three ninety nine book to be honest with you. Right, two ninety nine, no problem. Um, you know, it, it it aspires to be like an atomic robo type yeah. feel, but it's not, you know, it's not as well written as atomic robo. Um, well, I, I it have, is fun. I, I have been very interested in that book since I first saw it come out. It was either at the in the spring or first part of the summer when I first saw it, but. Uh, uh, I I I really 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 uh, like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's it's something I would flip through in the comic shop. Fans of Atomic Robo, that type of feel, will probably find some stuff to enjoy in it. I do feel like I may have missed something. So you know, you mentioned early spring. Uh, maybe there was a a time link at number zero or something that I missed. I don't know. Because uh, I do feel like I may have missed like a first issue or something, but this says number one. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. it. It's fun, just not great. So you know, at three ninety nine, you know, tread carefully. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, we got an email from uh, one of our listeners, a uh, Mister Liam, uh, uh, sent us a note asking. Uh, for some assistance. Surrounded us. <laughs> he uh, he says, "Hey, I'm sure you we have get- listeners. We have listeners other than than us." <laughs> uh, he says, "Hey, I'm sure you get this all the time, but I'm quite selfish. So here goes. After watching a TV show on comics today, I find myself wanting to get into comics. My only previous experience is having read two volumes of manga, the first issue of Full Metal Alchemist and Death Note. For your information." I quite like the concept of Kingdom Come by Mark Wade and Alex Ross, but the show marked it as intermediate reading. Is this accurate, and should I start with something else? Cheers, Liam. 
So, hey. <laughs> so clearly he speaks with a British accent. <laughs> clearly, you should have read it with a British accent. I did. Cheers. Cheers. I was using no, the- he he doesn't speak with a British accent. <laughs> Liam speaks with an Irish accent. No, He's from Ireland. He would have said beers if he spoke with an Irish accent, but he said, you know, cheers. So. <laughs> Wait, does Jonathan know Liam? He's actually a listener over he's, on. Uh, he's one. Hello, did I lose everybody? Yeah, he's a kick in the dice bags. Listen. Yes. Ah. Okay, so, cool. Uh, um, so you know, he's asking for some recommended reading, and I think first off, we need to answer. You know, uh, you know, is Kingdom Come uh, too intermediate or advanced reading for a new comic book reader? And you know, Kingdom Come does play a lot to very, very deep DC knowledge. I think that a new reader might enjoy the book, but they probably wouldn't understand it quite as much as somebody who's read DC for years and years. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. I uh, I fully agree. I, I feel like Kingdom Come is a great book. Yeah. Um, but I I don't feel like someone coming in with you know with maybe just a passing knowledge of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern will find enough in there to understand what's going on because you have a lot of you know Shazam is not a widely known character anymore. And I feel like, you know, and he's such a heavy piece in that book. I think that might, you know, it, I think it is a little bit more intermediate reading than new reader friendly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I reader could really enjoy it because it does stand on its own, but I do think you're right that the, a new reader wouldn't get a lot of the nuances. A new reader wouldn't understand why it's a big deal that, uh, you know, why Shazam for example, why Captain Marvel is a big deal, you know, why everyone's afraid of him until he says his magic word. You know, I do think a lot of that would be lost on a new reader. Yeah, I, I, I think so, too. I mean, I love Kingdom Come. I am all about that that book and own it in hardcover. But uh, I, I think that that some of the some of the, the nuance, some of the, the backstory and whatnot would be lost. But that said, I'd still read it. You know, I think that that if you were getting into comics, you know, it might be interesting to to read it as a new reader and then come back, you know, after you've read some additional DC books, you know, if if you actually got into the DC stuff. But I think I think a, a broader question here for Liam that we need to answer is what books would we recommend? And we've certainly addressed this topic before. I don't think that we've done it with uh, all of the current cast members, and maybe some of our recommended reading has changed. So. Tim, what do you think? Tim A. Uh, well, well, I was taking it from a different approach, but what I would su- what I would suggest um, as far as uh, a new reader, especially one that has a, a, at least a passing knowledge of superheroes, I, I would start with Invincible. I, I think Invincible is a, a very um, it's a it's a nice twist on a, on a superhero story enough that it's it's interesting. As the main character grows, you grow into his you know into his universe, so to speak. So th- that's what I would start with. Um, but I I think that if you are looking at getting into DC specifically. I, I think you guys nailed it on the head when you said that Flash was a, was a good starting point 
um, because Barry Allen just came back to the universe. So, you know, I know it's on issue three right now, but I think if you dig, you could you could find um, all three issues. I think that would be another good place to start in DC right now because there's a lot of stuff going on in DC um, that would, you know, with the, the return of Bruce Wayne and, and all that other stuff that, you know, while some of us may like some of the concepts for a new person, it might seem like a lot of a lot of uh, stuff to absorb. So that would be my two recommendations right now. And I'm right there with you. I Jonathan, think, what do you think? I think Flash is a is a great uh, recommendation. Um. All right. I would say don't do what I do. <laughs> don't do what I did and try to read everything because you'll only be confused and disappointed. Um, you know, I, I would say uh, pick and choose uh, your books carefully uh, and make sure that they are completely unrelated to each other. You may enjoy the concept of X-Men. Only read one X book. Don't try to read them all. Uh, same thing with the Avengers and things like that. Anything that you're interested in, you know, sort of pick and choose and avoid anything else that's even remotely related, <laughs> because you'll have a your it, your experience will be much better. Um, I would recommend, like, if you were gonna pick up three books, I re- I would recommend uh, Green Arrow, uh, Thunderbolts, and New Mutants. I think that I think that's a great starting point. And there's not a whole lot to catch up on in those in those books. Especially Green Arrow because issue 1 just came out. Paul. Yeah, you know, um I'm looking at Liam's email and I, you know, he he mentions that he read some manga. Now, I don't know if he read manga just because he, he heard about it or if he, he likes that manga format. Um, you know, if he's a fan of the manga format or for new readers who are fans of manga and looking to, you know, use that as a transition into comics, um, into, you know, into full-blown, you know, um, you know type comics, um, you know, I would rec- recommend picking up, like, Scott Pilgrim. I think that's a fun book. I think there's enough action in there uh, that, you know, fans looking for comic book type action uh, will find a lot to enjoy. And, um, you know, I I agree with our recommendation for uh, The Flash. Absolutely. You know, if you're a fan of horror, you know, I would recommend picking up The Walking Dead. And I mean, we're 75 issues in on that one, so it's a lot to catch up on. Um, you know, or even this new Neonomicon series from Alan Moore. I think that uh, that might be a, a good way to jump on too. What thoughts do you have? Wayne. Okay, I heard <laughs> cutting out there, so I wasn't sure who was going next. Ah. Uh, for me, my advice is actually don't start with the weeklies. Get a library card, go to the library, and start checking out trades. You know that way you're going to, for no cost to yourself, get a huge variety of books to try from. Trades are a good way to uh, to start you off with, you know, what's going on in the title right now. Some of the books mentioned already though would would be on my list. Hit hit different types of genres. Walking Dead is great. It's a good horror story. 
you know, if you're looking for a high adventure superhero, you know, irredeemable, irredeemable is not your book. Uh, Invincible. Uh, Irredeemable is another good book, though, for the darker superhero. I mean, basically just try out whatever you can. Stand there in the library flipping through it. Just check out a bunch of books. And you'll realize pretty quickly what the feel of the comic you're looking for is. And I used to pick out titles like this would be a good title for a new reader. This wouldn't. But to be honest, I think someone who's reading manga or someone that I think someone that like that probably already has a good enough grasp that they can get get a hold of whatever after a short time. Mm-hmm. So it's more important that you pick what's the feel you like, what's the storylines you like. And I think that you can catch yourself up within three or four issues after that. So I don't do as much pointing towards titles that I think are uh, less bogged down in continuity. Because in the day, these days with trades, it's pretty easy to get caught up. Mm-hmm. I think just whatever you, whatever you find you like, just try everything for free. I'm I'm right in there with Wayne. I, I I do recommend trade paperbacks. In fact, uh, you know, if I wasn't so hooked on weekly comic books, I'd be the guy who just read everything in trade. So you know, don't succumb to the dark side <laughs> and and get into floppies. I, I I really would. I would recommend uh, you know reading things in, in trade, and it, it can be a lot more satisfying than having to wait you know month after month for for the next installment. You can read stories uh, fully collected. Um, if you're enjoying pulp, pick up the Atomic Robo books. Those are fantastic. Um, if you are going to you know get into weekly comic books. I highly recommend Thor the Mighty Avenger. First issue came out uh, just a week or so ago. Issue two comes out this week. Uh, Book is fantastic. It is a self-contained continuity, so you're not going to get wrapped up into a bunch of other books that you don't want to buy. I highly recommend Thor the Mighty Avenger. And and avoid anything written by Grant Morrison. Exactly. And I I have to say, uh, Tim was absolutely right on with uh, Jeff Johns and Francis Manupol's uh, Flash series. And again, if you're wanting to get into floppies, uh, I think that's coming up on issue three or four this week. So, uh, you know, it's still early in and and not a huge investment to get caught up uh, because that's an outstanding book. And uh, two more recommendations from me. And I know we're throwing a lot at you, uh, Liam, but, you know. Pick and choose, you know, ignore what everyone else says and just buy what I say. Um, <laughs> um, Ed Brookbaker and Sean Phillips Incognito is a great, great uh, darker superhero type title. Uh, you know, self-contained continuity. The sequel is starting up later on this year, um, so you can get the entire first run in trade. Um, or if you're looking to get involved in a superhero universe, you know, we haven't mentioned yet, but we talk about them all the time. The Top Cow universe is four, I think, like three or four monthly titles all in the same universe. So you can get the entire universe just by picking up a couple of titles a month, yeah. you know, um, you know, and, and th- there's something to be said for that, you know, for that you can, you know, you're not missing anything in the universe and all you have to do is buy four comics a month. Well, and the nice and thing they about, also like to publish four ninety nine trades. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Absolutely. The, that Witchblade trade for five bucks is fan freaking tastic. And actually Magdalena and Velocity are new, to, are new top cow issues that uh, just started up. And I think everybody that's, took a look at him and has liked them. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, here's one thing I want to say. Sorry, Paul. But <laughs> you might notice when you go into a normal comic book 
not these awesome comic books that apparently everyone else on this cast goes to, <laughs> that they're not going to have things like incognito and stuff. You're never going <laughs> to like or atomic robo or thing. They don't they don't carry that stuff. So so uh, if you don't see it. You know, pick up on my recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm not sure of the comic environment in Ireland. In, you know, if Liam is the same guy from Ireland who posted a comment on our blog the other day, it sounds like he doesn't have a lot of comic um, options available to him anyway, not within the immediate vicinity. You know, if you have a bookstore or an Amazon.com, I hate to recommend those above your regular comic shop because you won't be able to get floppies and things like that. Um, but you know, you can get those trade paperbacks on the cheap, you know, and get caught up quickly. Well, and you know, there, there are a couple of other alternatives. And I was going to say exactly what you said, Paul, about uh, you know the, the the challenge of having uh, getting comic books in, in Europe. But uh, you know, there's Amazon.com. There's also in stock trades, and you might want to check out and see what their international shipping policy is. Um, you know, Amazon does have a UK, so uh, you might be able to to luck out into some free shipping or at least some reduced shipping there. Um, and then, you know, I, I, my, my friends who own uh, you know, brick-and-mortar comic book shops might not care for this, but there are digital comics uh, available, and certainly Atomic Robo is available digitally. Um, uh, a lot of what we've discussed is av- available digitally, and, and the, the longer we go, the more uh, you're going to see trades collected yeah, digitally. So, you know, this might be a time to, to start looking at that. So hopefully we answered your question, Liam, and hopefully now you're confused about what the hell you need to buy. So just buy it all. <laughs> Put is, it on the American Express. Well, that would That's be what we do. That would be the Ireland Express. Ireland Express. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, <laughs> see, Irish Express card. <laughs> Don't leave fun without it. That's right. All right. Well. Um, that's our advice as it stands today. Is uh, is is the Irish Express card everywhere you want to drink? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Beers. Yeah. <laughs> Beers. I think it's time to get out of this leg catastrophe. I think yeah. so too. So, uh, you know, join us next week. There's some big releases next week. Uh, we mentioned Flash, the second issue of Action Comics, the new run on Action Comics. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. You know, um, Thor the Mighty know. Avenger number two. Yep, Secret Avengers. Wait, Tim, uh, did you ever go pick that up? No. <sighs> Fail. Thor 612, Thor's going to hell. Comes out this week. I'm coming with. <laughs> and hey, uh, Wayne, you enjoyed Ultimate Enemy. Are you yeah. going to pick up uh, Ultimate Comics Mystery Number One, the the follow up to uh, Ultimate Enemy? I am. It's the only thing Ultimate I'm willing to buy anymore. Excellent. This storyline. I still have an Ultimate buddy. <laughs> We're going to have rings I- made up. I know how important that is to have a buddy it, my going into buddy. a trip. Uh, Aaron's offering me a ring. A ring. I wonder how my wife will feel about that. It's, it's your promise ring. You have promised to read Ultimate Comics Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. <laughs>